So, quick reminder before we start, as always, I encourage you to reach out with any questions you have or if you want me to talk about a specific topic. And also, just to remind you, I have podcast gear available. I have t-shirts and hoodies, so take a look at that. I'm also in the process of creating some new t-shirts and hoodies, so be on the lookout for that. It's a great way to support the show. And lastly, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the show, just please like, share, subscribe, or leave a review. So with that being said, um, so this episode is a little different. Um, this episode, not right now, I'm doing an intro. So the episode was recorded in the jungle in when I was at Niwe Rao the next day after my first ceremony. And so it's a little raw and it's a little um just not as polished as I would like it but that was kind of the point the point was to kind of capture these thoughts immediately after I did a ceremony plus it actually helped me as part of the process of reviewing what actually happened to me in ceremony so uh, this is the first one, and I've actually done, I, when I was down in Niwe Rao, I did eight ceremonies. I actually did seven of these. I haven't done the eighth one yet because uh, I kind of left Niwe Rao immediately, well, not immediately, but the next morning after the ceremony, and then I just kind of got caught up in travel, and then I got back home, but that's actually probably a good thing because I can take my time and and write about that one and kind of wrap up the whole trip in general. But anyway, so without further ado, this is recap of the first ceremony at Niwe Rao. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so as I record this, it is uh, January 17th. I'm in a Niwe Rao in the jungle outside of Iquitos, Peru, and I'm sitting. I'm sitting in my tambo, which is a small wooden shack with just a bed, a desk, and a dresser. And so right now, there's some banging going on in the background because they're uh, doing some work building a structure. And so, in kind of cool jungle fashion, they're basically chopping down a tree with machetes. And they're using that wood to then build the structure. So very cool that they're using the wood on the property to build a structure. So hopefully the um, the noise is not too bad and it's not annoying. But anyway, so what I'm doing right now is this is kind of raw, uncut thoughts off the top of my head. And so the point of doing this is to review or recap my experience from my first ceremony, which was uh, on Monday. So in general, the first ceremony was a relatively mild experience, which can be expected. See, most ayahuasca ceremonies are conducted over multiple nights. So the first night is usually mild as you were kind of getting reacquainted with the medicine and harmonizing with everybody in the room. And so the way I like to think about it is, um, so I'm here for two weeks, which means over the course of two weeks, I will be doing eight ceremonies. Now, the reality is I'm not doing eight 
individual ceremonies. I am doing one ceremony that is played out, that is played out over the span of eight separate nights. And that's typically how ayahuasca works if you're doing ayahuasca for multiple days. So, and it plays out just kind of like a story arc. So with that, with that in mind, it's no surprise that the first night is usually mellow as that's kind of the introduction. It's the first chapter, if you will. So because the uh, first night was so mild, I will go into the, um, before I go into the details, I first want to talk about my experience at arriving at Niue Rao. Because you know, there's always a question of when does the ceremony actually start, right? Does it start when you, the moment you arrive on the property, or does it start the moment you take that first drink of ayahuasca? And from my experience, that the ceremony starts long before you drink the first cup of ayahuasca. And so in my case, the ceremony started the second I arrived on the property. So I arrived at Niue Rao on Saturday, January 14th. And so I just kind of got checked in, was shown my room. I met all the staff members and then I discovered that they have a nice little gym in here, so which is cool. I was here five years ago, and they didn't have that, so it was nice to actually get a workout in. And so got a little workout in, and then I just kind of relaxed and just laid low for the rest of the day as I was fairly tired from the travel of getting into the jungle, which is a whole adventure in, your, in, in itself. I think it took me 26 hours of travel time just to get into Iquitos. And then I spent a week and a half in Iquitos with a buddy of mine, and we we spent that time uh, going to a lot of different markets and trying to acquire contacts for purchasing a lot of tobacco and plant medicines and other kind of ceremonial paraphernalia. So a lot of fun, met some really cool people, met some great contacts, but it was it was a little overwhelming to say the least. Like Aikidos is, is kind of funny because, um, you know, me and my friend, we stand out because we're white there. And so because of that, all the, a lot of the natives come up to us and try to sell us trips into the jungle, trips to do ayahuasca, any and everything we, we get asked to buy. <laughs> we, we're being sold everything, everything you can think of. And then, and then in addition to that, the the few white people around will actually come up to us because we are also white. So it's like every time we walk around the city, we just are constantly being bombarded by people. And it's almost like you feel like some famous celebrity because you just cannot even sit in the park and smoke a mapacho without somebody coming up to you and trying to sell you something or talk to you. So, um, you know, with that being said, it's kind of takes a lot uh, emotionally too, or yeah, it's just overwhelming. So anyway, um, so Saturday was just kind of, a just a low key day. And then on Sunday in, in the morning, uh, I met with the staff members about my intentions. And so that's basically why I'm here and what I want, why, you know, why I'm here, what do I want to do with the time I'm here? So, uh, my this intention meeting was kind of weird to to say the least because 
nearly all the staff members I met were nicely and subtly pushing back against my intentions. Now, uh, this is not a knock on them because what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do something that is unorthodox. And so they were just doing their job. And one thing I want to mention too is there's a difference between the staff members and the shamans or healers. So the staff members are basically that, the staff members. They're usually some uh, Western type people. A lot of the staff members here are actually Germans. And so they, and then they help trend, they talk to you and then they translate your intentions to the shaman. So, um, anyway, I will, uh, like I was saying, the, the fact that they were subtly pushing back on my intentions is not a knock on them. I will go into this in more detail about why they were doing this. But like I said, they were just kind of doing their job, you know, long story short, the reason they were pushing back is because I was wanting to do, I was wanting to diet a plant for a year, which is very common. But where it's different is most people that do that will stay at the ceremonial, will stay at the center for the entire year. I want to go back and forth between my home in the U.S. and the jungle. Now, I'm not the first person to do this. Other people have done this. Um, and so they call this a social diet, but over the years, it seems like that uh, the shaman are not happy or they, they, they don't like people doing a social plant diet. So instead for a social diet, they typically, uh, recommend a non-plant diet called oracion or oration, which is a which is kind of more of a broad-based diet where you focus more on not a specific plant but connecting with the universal energies and just kind of nature in general. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with this type of diet. And, in fact, it can be very good. But it's for where I am in my journey and what I want to do and what I, and what I want to accomplish, that that diet does not fit into my current plan. So, um, so kind of needless to say, after, after the meeting, I was slightly discouraged kind of from, from their pushback as they were kind of pushing this Oracion diet on me relatively hard. And so it's kind of, I was slightly discouraged wondering if this trip was going to end up being a bust and if I was just going to have to leave or just enjoy my two weeks here and then find someone else to open up a plant diet for me socially. And I think I mentioned already, but I will get into, I will do a future episode of why I chose to do what I'm doing. Uh, there are pros and cons to doing a social diet and there are pros and cons to staying at a center for an entire year. So, oh, I don't know if you heard that, just a big, big old limb fell off the tree. Uh, so, so that was in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I met with Ricardo Amadingo, who is the head shaman or head maestro to further discuss my intentions. And so I explained to him what I wanted to do and how I planned to do it 
to make sure that I was successful. So thankfully, I did not receive any pushback from him. And he immediately agreed with what I wanted to do. And so he prescribed me a plant, or actually it's a tree, a huge tree called Ayauma, which I do believe I have a picture on my uh, Instagram page if you're interested. Very fascinating tree with these big cannonballs, uh, cannonball seeds on there. So he prescribed Ayauma for a minimum of three months. And then after that, I will come back down to the jungle and a new plant will be prescribed. So it was definitely kind of feeling a lot better after that meeting that my plan was accepted, uh, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more of a concrete plan for the course of the year. I was hoping that, you know, Ricardo would say something like, you'll do Ayauma for three or six months, and then you'll do Coca, and then you'll do Pinot Blanco or whatever. Um, but so it's kind of very open-ended, which also has benefits uh, on its own. So then, uh, so the rest of the day, that was kind of, that was the big highlights of Sunday. So then on Monday, uh, January 16th at 9am, I, and along with, uh, let's see, three other new arrivals, we were taken to the medicine house to do what's called a vomitivo from a plant called Ahosena. And with the name vomitivo, you don't need to be fluent in Spanish to understand what that word means. It's exactly what you think it means. It's a plant. You drink this big bowl of milky substance that thankfully doesn't taste bad, but unfortunately it smells like puke. So getting that thing down is just a work into itself is a pain in the ass. And so the point of this is to induce a purge and i think of it as like a pressure washing it's to pre-clean you energetically a pressure washing if you will before the finer cleaning is done in actual ceremony and so the way it works is you drink this big bowl of milky water and then then you start drinking water yourself and then you proceed to, for the over the course of 30 minutes, puke your face off. You will puke a ridiculous amount of liquid and then drink more water. And then, and then you'll puke again and then you'll drink more water and you'll puke again. And you do this for 30 minutes and it's absolutely horrible, as you could probably imagine. Um, so after that, I was kind of fairly just wiped out just kind of laid low relaxed I journaled a little bit I practiced my singing and just kind of rested before ceremony but um actually during that time uh at 3 p.m I actually drank my first bowl of Ayauma so a lot of drinking liquids on <laughs> Monday but so like I said, I was prescribed Ayauma, and so I will get into how the diet process works in another podcast, but I drank my first bowl of Ayauma, which thankfully didn't taste very bad, even though it was really dark, and I was expecting it to be bad, so um, so that was good. So that's kind of officially starting my, my diet with Ayauma, so very exciting. And then also... Uh, 
I forgot to mention, right before we did the Vomitivo, we kind of did a little walk around the property, and we had a nice little talk about ayahuasca and this center in general. And one of the cool aspects that kind of came up, which, you know, I knew, but I never really thought of as kind of a big pro. So as you may or may not know, ayahuasca is becoming extremely popular, especially over the last five years. And so there are a lot of centers in throughout Peru and even in Mexico. There are tons in Costa Rica. There are centers everywhere. And um, I would say that Niue Rao was kind of a mid-level, maybe like upper upper middle class <laughs> like center. It's definitely not the nicest center, but it's uh, by no means the worst. But one of the cool things about Niue Rao, which a lot of centers don't have, particularly the nicer centers, because as you could imagine, the nicer centers are becoming extremely popular. These centers are Oh, they're ran and operated by Westerners. So Westerner, Westerners come in and they know how Westerner... Why am I having a hard time saying Westerners? And so they know how Westerners think. And so the, the facilities are a lot nicer and cleaner and everything's a little more organized. And But the difference is, is so at Niue Rao, it's really not a center. It's actually a homestead. See, there are three main shaman or healers or curanderos, whatever word you want to use. You got Ricardo Amaringo, you got Falacio, and you got Miguel. And so all three of them live on the property full-time with their families. They don't live anywhere else. This is their home. So they are extremely invested into the property these nicer centers um because they're western ran and they're usually in some you know more different locations or whatever they hire shamans to come out and run ceremonies and you know thankfully they actually pay the shaman fairly well so nobody's necessarily getting ripped off but the problem is is See, these shaman, these jungle people, they don't need much to to live. So they only will work maybe two, three months out of the year. Uh, and then they'll go back home and be able to support their family. So they'll leave their family, go to the center for two or three months, make a lot of money, come back, and then support their family. And so because of this, you get kind of a rotating... Um, you get rotating shaman at these centers. And also they, those shaman, while... I'm sure are very good. They're not fully invested in the center. They're just kind of thinking this as more of a job. So, uh, you know, just something to think about if you're ever interested in coming down to Peru. Uh, I could definitely, I would definitely recommend Niue Rao, but, and there's nothing wrong with going to those nicer centers, but just something to think about. Um, so, Anyway, so that was basically Sunday or uh, Monday, but now on onto the ceremony. So the ceremony started at 8 p.m. So I got up there, took my took my initial dose. Uh, again, it's the jungle; they don't really 
they say initial dose, but they just kind of pour it in the cup and then hand it to you and say, do you want a little more or a little less? And normally I would have done more than the initial dose. I've, I'm pretty experienced with ayahuasca and I find that I need a little bit more, but ironically my ego came in and told me to stay with the initial dose and uh it's kind of the opposite usually your ego tells you to go a little higher but the reason was uh the staff members kept going on and on and on about how strong this medicine was all this medicine so strong this medicine so strong and so because these and this is this is all in my head right because these staff members were so against my uh, my plan and thought I was crazy for wanting to do a plant diet socially, I thought, well, maybe I should just do the initial dose because I don't want to, this is not the night I want to freak out because I feel like they're already judging me. And then if I freak out and completely lose my shit, they're going to be like, yeah, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So anyway, that's probably something I got to work on because the reality is they probably did not care what I was doing. So, um, but anyway, after taking that that first dose, went back to my mat, and then I was, and the thing was, is I was still feeling relatively uneasy from the vomitivo we did just maybe ten hours earlier, which I'm actually not. A, I'm a fan of doing the vomitivo as its purpose, but I'm not a fan of doing it on the same day. When I came down to this center five years ago, we actually did it the moment we arrived, we arrived and they were kind of like, all right, I'm going to show you your room, kind of take about an hour to get settled and then meet us at the medicine house. And to me, that was a much better setup because like I said, the vomitivo is a very intense experience. And so it's nice to be able to do that and then have a few days of rest before ceremony. And so I felt a little more exhausted going into ceremony as I normally would. And then not to mention my stomach was still feeling slightly uneasy. And, uh, so anyway, I knew that as the, as the medicine was kind of starting to come on, uh, it wasn't really opening up. And I just kind of felt, I felt that vomitivo in my stomach and I knew I had to puke. And so I was trying to puke and I was just kind of unsuccessful. And so I was just kind of sitting there with the medicine, not very open, no visuals, no major feelings, just kind of feeling nauseous and sick. So not, not a great start to the night. And so they, then they called seconds. And so I'm like, perfect, go up there do a little bit more. Hopefully this will open it up or hopefully this will help me purge. And so they pour me seconds and as soon as I drink it back, as soon as it touches my tongue, my mouth starts immediately watering and I know I'm going to puke. And so I kind of have to almost run back to my mat and I'm, I'm trying to like, it's funny cause I know I need to puke and it's coming, but I'm trying to now at this point I'm trying to suppress it. Cause I'm like, well, I want the effects of that second dose. So maybe I can hold it down for 10, 15 minutes and get the effects of the second dose. But I was unsuccessful. And so I ended up puking my face off and I actually felt like I puked up the remnants of that vomitivo, which so was good. So I, you know, I felt extremely better, but there is no way I got any, um, any of the second dose in my system. I don't even think it made it 
fully down my throat before it came right back up. So, um, so after that though, like I said, I felt good and, and it's not a big deal. As I was saying earlier, this is a process and just knowing that I puked, um, will ensure most likely that I will go deeper tonight. So anyway, after that, I got sung to by Felacio for, um, an energetic cleaning, which was really cool and powerful. Definitely felt his songs and felt his medicine. And then after about 10 minutes later, Ricardo sang to me to open up my Ayauma diet, which again was also very cool, felt his medicine, very strong. And then, uh, you know, very symbolic mean, uh, moment because that's essentially the moment of like, I'm doing this for, this journey for an entire year and it's going to be hard and it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, again, I'll talk about that in another episode, but, um, after, after I got sung to, I was just kind of in this nice relaxed state feeling good and just kind of, just kind of enjoying my time. So, you know, that's kind of how the, that's kind of how the night was. So, you know, that's all I have for now. Uh, see you on the other side. Do you know you?